Welcome to the Man Up God's Way podcast, a show that dives into the real, raw, and relevant issues for men in their faith, life, and community. Now, your host, Jody Birkin. And welcome to another Monday night. This is Jody Burkeen on the Man Up Monday podcast. My name is Jody Burkeen. I've already said that once, and I think you heard it in the uh, intro there. But I am the founder and the host of this podcast, as well as Man Up God's Way Men's Ministry. And we are here, uh, and our, our goal is to make sure that men become the men that God has called them to be. And so we want to encourage every man listening right now, every woman listening right now, to share this podcast, if you're listening to it on Facebook and or YouTube, we would appreciate it to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure that you follow us on Facebook page. We also have a private group that has 40,000 men in it, so you can check that out, Man Up God's Way Community. And just so you know, this week we launched a new app. It's called Man Up God's Way app. It is on iTunes and Google, and that is a place for men to pour into our ministry so we can pour into you, and we would... I encourage you to go and get that app today. And so, again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we also want to let you know that um, we have uh, merch for sale. Matter of fact, I got on my new hat today that we've got on our merch site. And it is uh, manupmerch.com. This is a vintage style hat. And we've got four or five different hats that are embroidered on the top. We also have a new shirt coming out. It's actually not a new shirt, but it's a. We're doing a, a different shirt coming out uh, for Memorial Day. So you can get this on our page, too. You get 20% off, and you can get it by Memorial Day if you get it now. So, hey, boys, how y'all doing? What's going on? Ben, we got you here today. Glad you're here and back. Yep. Doing good? Good to be here, yeah. Good, good. It's been a busy week. Yes, it has been. It's been a majorly busy weekend. And I've got a guest here today, one of uh, our Man Up God's Way disciples. His name is Sean. are here today it's been a while just so happened that we had a uh, a guy uh, back out on this you were driving through town and said hey man i'm gonna stop in st louis and i said hey let's uh let's have you on the podcast so here you are That's so amazing. glad you're here i think we are having issues with our live stream right at the moment let me check something real quick see what's going on here we've got some slow slow internet speeds going on there we go uh, we are up. We are up. Okay, good. Just wanted to make sure that we were good going there. Um, Sean, I'm excited. We'll talk to you here in just a little bit, a little about what's going on uh, in your life and uh, uh, what has uh, has uh, transpired over your life over the last few years. Just to uh, to hear your story and uh, looking forward to that. And then we're going to spitball you some questions and kind of go yeah, from buddy. there. That's awesome. But. Um, you know, this weekend, um, I had the honor of uh, giving my daughter away, and uh, one of the most emotional weekends I've ever had in my life, and I I lost it. I did pretty good during the service, and then we had um, the rehearse or no, the reception, and then I'd spent all week, you know, trying to get this thing up and running and getting everything squared away and all prettied up for her, and uh, trying to make it, you know, the event of her lifetime, and uh, it was. It, it turned out great. Literally, I'd been praying all week because it's been 90 degrees here, and it's an outdoor wedding. 
And so I literally was praying that uh, God would cool it off, you know, just cool it off, just, just rain a little bit to cool everything off, and then let it be beautiful on Sunday when we had the, uh, the wedding. And I'd be dead gum if he didn't cool it off 30 minutes before the wedding started. So we got a downpour of about 15, 20 minutes, and it kind of messed things up a little bit, but it turned out beautiful um, because we had these old church pews out in the middle of a field overlooking a pond, and um, it rained, on, and they had cloth seats. Yeah. And so it got got wet. So we were freaking out, trying to figure out if we we're going to bring everybody up to the reception and just have it there. And that was the plan if it did rain. But I'm not kidding. It literally was black, rained, blue skies, sunshine. Yeah, it was perfect. Perfect night. Turned out great. And uh, we ended up having the wedding down there. And then we came all back up to the reception. And we literally took a barn and turned it into a venue. Like, Tuesday we were mucking stalls, like that's how, that's the kind of barn that we were we were using. Literally, there was horses in there and goats and uh, miniature horses and a big old Clydesdale that they've got. And so, it was a crazy, crazy week. Um, but what what tore me apart was uh, my daughter sang a song for me. She actually sang it, recorded it, and produced it um, all for our da daddy daughter dance and. Uh, I literally didn't even make it out of my seat when they called me up to do the daddy-daughter dance. I was just bawling my eyes out. I haven't cried like that since I was a kid. You know, like it was one of those cries where you, <laughs> you know, you're sucking in because you, oh, daddy, don't spank me again. Like kind of. I saw the video. <laughs> I saw Did video. you see the video? Yeah. Oh was she singing God. to you though too? So she wasn't singing to me, okay. um, but she sang the song. Um, and then recorded it and played it while we were dancing. So I've got a I've got the song right here. So if I cry a little bit, uh, listen to this here. So here here actually, dads, imagine this. So it's your oldest daughter, uh, the daughter that changed your life. Uh, matter of fact, she's the reason that I'm a Christian today. Uh, when I saw her, I knew that God didn't create her out of a cesspool of algae. I knew that she was a creation that God had given me, and. Um, uh, you know, I'm giving her away to the first, you know, I, and I've been praying that since the day I became a Christian that God would give her a spouse, not dates, not multiple men, but the first man that came into her life that she would fall in love with and that she would marry, and he honored that request. And so here I am. Uh, I don't cry much. As a matter of fact, I can't remember the last time I cried. I haven't cried hard like this in decades. Like, it, I think this was just a whole bunch of decades just wound up in one and so imagine me going up to my daughter dancing with her in this song playing so listen to this and she's singing it so listen to this I know what you see so this is her voice when you look at me as we walk down so I'm dancing and all of a sudden I hear her voice and I'm I, I just I mean I'm like on her shoulder bawling my eyes out and then she's like daddy listen to the words and I was just like oh my gosh listen to this those are all the memories you will cherish and you'll carry no matter how much time this is my little girl right here Oh, 
Oh my gosh, I'm crying. <laughs> there goes Jody. <laughs> that was amazing. I did not know that that was her until you just said that. Oh, seriously? Yeah, I didn't. I, well, I wasn't putting two to two together. Oh my god. You know god. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I heard it was a. Yeah, I heard the song and I heard the lyrics. I knew why you were crying. Yeah. But I didn't know it was her until just now. That's awesome. Dude, I'm telling you what. The, you the were first, blubbering. Oh my gosh. I had the fat lip. I told you know, like I was crying so hard, my lip when my nose was swollen. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's how my weekend went. I gave my daughter away. Uh, I haven't talked to her since she left yesterday. I know she's uh, she's on a whirlwind tour right now, going down to uh, Texas to spend time with his family. And uh, we just had a great weekend. Got to meet her family, um, spend good quality time with them, get to know them, hear their story, and um, just, you know, it was great. It was a good weekend, and uh, I'm exhausted. Um, so it's, it's, it was good. So I, I, pulled, I, uh, I pulled Jody aside yesterday. Actually, I caught him over by the root beer. <laughs> and uh, I told him, and, I, and I, do, I do not mean this in any type of a negative or disparaging way. I told him yesterday, I said, this is the first time I've ever seen you, and it seemed like you were your age. Because Jody's got a young spirit. He's he's cool. You know, Jody's down to earth. He's, he jokes around a lot. But yesterday when I looked at him, and, and I saw, especially when you were doing that, that dance with your daughter, I'm like, yeah. He's an old man. With he's a, a, no, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I don't know really what it was. Right. But you just seemed older oh my gosh. Uh, that, in that moment. Yeah, the whole week honestly aged me ten years. Like it was just, it was just crazy because I didn't know what to expect. Man, I was trying not to cry. I was going to be, you know, this, this, this. I don't know. I just, I just don't cry. I mean, things don't really make me well, cry. He, he just doesn't want to cry. Yeah, I don't want to cry. Yeah, exactly. Like oh my gosh, dude! That. I can't believe what you guys did with that venue. I mean, obviously, it's a great piece of property. The venue is the, you know, the skeleton of it is there. Right, but. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like they had, dude. They had uh, posh potties, which is like a trailer that's got a men and a women's bathroom. <laughs> it had air conditioning, a urinal, like and a it radio. Was, it was, it was nicer than a, any bathroom in my house, bro. They had like a five-gallon bucket. For oh, me. Yeah, it was yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was definitely it was, better was than awesome. a five-gallon bucket. So, Who, who's the old boy that made butterfly kisses? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't Carlisle, know. Rich Carlisle, you know? I don't know Something who that like was, that. but that's a that song gets me I, too. I'd lose yeah. it on that. Yeah, well, I married off my daughter. I'm like, man, this, I, I wasn't a Christian, so I didn't know that song. Yeah, it get, gets me every time it's too, like that big time. Oh. So it's crazy. So it it was a it was an amazing weekend. Um, you know, I I was really blessed. I've got a, you know, for any dad for um their daughter to marry a man, um, it it, it takes a lot of um, gumption, uh, number one, for that man to ask the hand of his his daughter and uh, Elijah, who um, I've come to love. You know, the more you get to know somebody, the, the more you love them. And it wouldn't have mattered who walked in the door for the very first time. I didn't like him. Not, you know, not like him, but just. No, I get it. Just, I just didn't like him because he was, you know, I could tell that he liked my daughter. And that was like, oh, man. But I now love him in a way that, you know, I would call him, I call him my son. And uh, he's just, he's just grown on me. And I've watched him, I've had the privilege of them living with us for the last, uh, gosh, almost four months. Yeah, it has been four months, five months actually, since Christmas. 
And uh, I've gotten to see him, how he loves my daughter. Yeah. Like that, that right there, you can't, most men don't get to see that, you know, moms and dads don't get to see that kind of stuff. You know, a lot of times you just, they're dating and the next thing you know, they're getting married and you don't get to really spend time with them. And I got to spend some good quality time with him and, you know, just really fell in love with him. So it was a, it was a good emotional weekend. So I'm dehydrated as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah. I cried more than I have in a long time. So uh, it's going to be good. I, I'm actually exci excited excited to get back to work so it's gonna be good yeah so yeah that was uh it was a it was a great it was a great uh wedding right that's was. the first wedding other than my own that i've ever uh that i've ever like really wanted to go to well I like i've been to maybe i've only been to two or three other weddings in my whole life i'm right. 50 other than mine evie's maybe two or three others right and this was the this was other than mine this was the only one that i was like i'm not missing well I appreciate yeah, it that. Yeah, it was good. I appreciate that. So, yeah, that's over. Mama's uh, on the couch right now. She's trying to recover, <laughs> you know, like um, it, it was really tough on her. Yesterday was really tough uh, just trying to, to make sure that we're, you know, um, everything was organized and uh, the rain kind of screwed us all up. So, you know, little things like that. But it uh, all in all, it was a really good time, and I think people had a good time. Yeah. So, and my, my daughter was blessed big time, so. Joe, you you said something about um, how you let them live with you for four months. Uh -huh. I think for the young men that are in your audience right now, mm -hmm. explain four months of living. Because I would think, and most men go, well, my parents let me live there four months. We live in the same room. Right. I know that's not the case with you. Right. Oh, heck no. But that's a, that's a big lesson for young men to learn that, hey, you know what? I showed this man the right way. Because mm -hmm. I know they weren't sleeping in the same room. No, not at I mean, all. If we think uh, about the world today, I mean, that just happens so rampantly. Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, it's 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 almost second nature nowadays for um, couples to, you know, fornicate prior to marriage. Mm -hmm. um, you know, unfortunately, I did it. You know, you you kind of think it's 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 just that's the way the world is, and you're supposed to do that. Uh, for us, you know, the day. That it's a, a son and a daughter. We have um, taught them uh, abstinence. We have taught them about, you know, what it means to do things God's way, literally do God things God's way. Saving yourself for marriage is one of them because, you know, it, it doesn't matter if it's one person or 50 people that you've slept with, there are, there, there's baggage that comes along in the marriage. And so, you know, I remember the day that Elijah, uh, who is my son-in-law, asked me for my daughter's hand in marriage. And um, I told him, I said, you know, I want, I raised her to be pure. And I want her to be pure to the day that she goes to the, to the altar. And he said, I do too. And it was one of those moments where I could tell in his eyes that he was serious about it. And so when they did come live with us, with us obviously separate rooms, um, it gave me an opportunity to, to train a young, a, a good godly young man. It wasn't like he wasn't trained. You know, he was, he was really trained uh, very well in uh, the understanding of Christianity, but he got to see it from the way that she was raised. Um, you know, not all raisins are the same. It just so happens that I think Elijah and uh, Evie were raised very close to the same, you know, after talking to their parents and getting to know them and stuff like that. What I would say is that um, it's probably an anom anomaly that, you know, go, go live with your future in-laws kind of deal. Um, but, 
you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's a, you know, they came out of college and, uh, you know, need to get on their feet and we charged them rent and put it aside and they're going to give it to them when they get ready to get their apartment. Uh, that way they've got money that they didn't blow just thinking yeah. they could live yeah. off mom and daddy, you know, for that long. So, um, it, two things really happened was one, he got to know us, um, which if he's going to marry my daughter, I know that he, he got through the crate. My house is crazy. Like it's not a, uh, it's not a quiet house. It's a loud house. We're busy. We're running 900 miles an hour. And he got to see that. Um, he also two thing. The second thing is, is that I got to, to train him. I got to disciple him in some things and, you know, kids at 21 years old, uh, even though they're adults, they're still kid like, and they still make kid mistakes and they still, you know, have these, have these dreams and, you know, sometimes having that wisdom to come alongside of you at an early age is really, I mean, I think it was good. Yeah. I think it was a great opportunity for us just to be able to share with him and, uh, to pour into him. And, um, and I, I would do it all over again. You know, if we, if we could, we're blessed. We had the room to be able to do it. Um, you know, with a, a mother-in-law living with us at the same time. And so things just kind of worked out. So, his house has always been like that. <laughs> I've known him for s over six years now, and his house is always, there's always there's someone always there. Somebody in yeah. it. So we just, you know, we've got the space, and, and we just, we use it. Um, I want more kids. Man doesn't, you know, <laughs> we're, we're 53, 54. But <laughs> um, so it, it was really a good blessing and a good experience. You know, I mean, when they come back from their honeymoon, they're going to spend another couple months there just getting on their feet. And, uh, you know, we've got a, a walkout basement. They basically can live down there and, you know, not be involved with us. Uh, outside of my oldest son, Gabe, he goes down there to play Xbox. That's about it. So um, I had an opportunity too. you know, his dad was uh, is in sales and he, he's he's not as handy as I am. Uh, I do carpentry work on the side. And so I took him to work with me and I showed him, you know, just things that I would want him to just basic things that I would want him to be able to do for my daughter. You know, yeah. I, I just little things, you know, how to do this and what to do that. Um, I got to show him, you know, just it was just really cool. Um, yeah. You know, uh, how how we had that opportunity just to share with each other and we got to know him. He's a good cook. I tell you what, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm going to miss him when he moves because he is a great cook. But the crazy thing about it, man, he'll come in and he'll cook something and there will be nine million spices and everything all over the place and. He makes a mess, but man, he's got good food. Yeah, he's yeah. he's going to be a good husband. So he loves my daughter. Um, they're both godly. They had great godly vows yesterday. Um, not so godly songs that I found out that were in the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the DJ played, but uh, it it wasn't a bad bad deal. We had a great time. So yeah, uh, the best one of the best parts of the whole wedding was. Uh, was Elijah and his mom's dance. Wasn't that great? Because you yeah. just weren't <laughs> expecting that. You were expecting like a slow dance, you know, yeah. this, that, and the other, and it was great, especially once she finally got into it, yeah, it was after the first minute or so. It was so funny because um, uh, meeting them, we met them for the first time. We've been talking to them on, you know, on the phone and getting to know them, but they live in Texas and we live up here and you know, life's just crazy for everybody. And so this was the first time we met him. And the second that she started talking, I said, that's Elijah. Her and her, his mom were yeah, two yeah. peas in a pod. And I was like, holy cow. So it was really, really cool to uh, get to meet them and to see them. But you're right. Their dance was uh, pretty cool. It yeah. was really hey, cool. who's the uh, who's the uh, the 
African American couple that was at your your house that one time. Oh, He's a Rowan young guy. He looks like a yeah. he looks like a football player. Yeah, Q. Yeah, what, what? Who? Who are they? So, that's a great story too. Yeah. So, um, when we um, adopted Paul and Addie, uh, they're our African American twins. We got them when they were sixteen months old. Right. And so, um, as a white couple, we're like, how in the world? In, in Addie's hair, you've seen Addie's hair. Yeah. It is like a Brillo pad. Like, yeah. it is so curly that you can't straighten it out no matter what you do. So, we spent the first six months of their lives just trying to find somebody. Like, I'll never forget the first first week we, we, we got them. We went to Six Flags. And every family that we saw that where somebody had braided hair or... We would go up to them and say, could you please tell us what we're supposed to do? And so we found this website. It was called um, uh, the um, Vanilla Care for Chocolate Hair was the name of the website. So it's, you know, teaching white people how to take care of a black person's hair because it's there's a completely yeah, different process. Right. I mean, there's oils, there's paste, there's like all just everything. And so couple years later you know we're still Addie's hair is so tough like Paul's was easy I'd shave it to a crew cut wouldn't be a big deal Addie's was just always like this and Nan met this this lady one day and uh, the lady was like yeah I do hair and uh, she's like oh I would love for you to do my daughter's hair and she's like yeah maybe we, you know, here's my number maybe we'll get together and it just kind of like ended like that well about a year later um, this lady pulls up in an Amazon truck and she's delivering a package uh, and it's yeah. the same lady yeah, yeah, yeah. that she was like, and they started talking. She's like, do you remember? She's like, I remember you. And one thing led to another. Uh, and they like, we have babysat her children for a week, you know, now for the last, like, we've known her for five years and, um, she's just a sweet, she does Addie's hair. Yeah. I re I so remember meeting them at a, at new year's Eve or yeah. something like that. And then I, but I didn't remember the context yeah so yeah it's row and cue man uh, and what stinks is they're moving to atlanta so um yeah. it's we're gonna we're gonna miss them big time but i i love them to death they got two of the cutest daughters oh my gosh i love them to death they're they're good 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 kids so yeah that's how we met them but um uh it was just a great great uh, uh a great weekend you know, it literally, we had the rehearsal dinner Saturday night, and my whole family came in. We got the, you know, all the Burkins came in. My, I've got a great family. All my brothers and sisters always show up and, and come in anytime they can. So, um, but it was good. I can't complain. Uh, I miss preaching at church, but, um, you know, I had Anthony nail a, a great sermon yesterday at the church. My buddy Anthony Smith, my assistant pastor, so it was good. But, um well, good. Let's uh, let's chat a little bit. Let's get off the wedding here. I'm I'm uh, don't want to start crying again in front of everybody here. So, uh, but a uh, couple things real quick, um, guys. I hope you guys continue to listen to us on our podcast. Our podcast has become uh, fast and growing to be in the top ten podcast Christian podcast. So you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on iTunes. Uh, you can get on Google Play as well as iHeartRadio and so many more. So please subscribe to that because after tonight's taping, our live session here on Facebook, it will go onto our podcast and you can listen to it at any time. So if you don't mind, go find it and like it and start subscribing to it. And then uh, we'll talk a little bit more about our app 
uh, here in just a minute. So, Sean, how you doing, brother? I'm good, man. Good. I'm uh, I'm glad to have you here. Uh, you and I have known each other for quite some time now. Was it going mm -hmm. on probably what? 17. Seven, 2017? Yep. Okay. It was at the Cape Town event. But I, I don't really actually think I met you so much there. It was the second one. Okay. <coughs> right, exactly. I think it was there was the one at um, Dry Gulch. So yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. I met you. And, but then I came to a Man Up event at was it Bourbon? Or Bourbon, Missouri. Yeah, yeah okay. came to b Bourbon. And then was kind enough, or you, were, you and Nan were kind enough to have me as a guest at the Cave Town event in um, Tulsa mm -hmm. for dinner. Right. Remember that dinner? Yeah, I do. So, Nan out there, I, I got to tell you something. Um, I've met some nice women in my life, but I'll tell you, Nan Burkeen, she's one of a kind. Yes, yeah, she is, isn't she? Yeah. Um, and we had that, that server came up to us, mm -hmm. and we all we did was ask her, is there something we can pray for you for? And she instantly started crying. Nan stands up. She starts crying. And I think you prayed for her. Right. I don't know what happened after that, though. And, and that's kind of one thing I was going to maybe go into later. But, boy, we're so good about maybe seeing what people are going through. Right. And at that instant moment of gratification going, hey, how can I help you here? I don't know. There's there's no one at fault for it. I just don't know how. Because we invite, didn't, Nan invited her to come to Cape Time. Right, yeah. I don't think the girl showed up. Right. But she said she was on her own. I'm just, I wonder what happened there, you know? Well, God knows what happened. Well, there. you know, sometimes God puts people in our lives just, you know, to see our action. Uh, and not that we, we can't help everybody. Right. Uh, man, if we could, you know, it'd be a different world. But we can't. And sometimes we're, we're to plant a seed. Whether that seed was just, hey, we prayed for this situation. Years later, she realizes that situation was taken care of. It leads her to the Lord. Or maybe she was just weak in her faith at the moment, and she just needed that prayer, and it lifted her up. And yeah. uh, she she was a lot better later on. Like, you know, we're we're not called to know everything or help everyone. We're just called to do. Yeah, I think I think the story of uh, Job is a is a good reminder that sometimes stop at the praying. Like his buddies got it right, the first part of the story. Yeah, exactly. but on the second part, when they started giving advice and speaking for God and all that, they they mess it up. Now that's not saying we don't go one step further, but sometimes you're in a position, you're at cave time or whatever. There's not a whole lot you can you can do at that point other than pray and lift it up to God. And 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 just a second, what you said, Nan is wonderful. She's just simply not funny. <laughs> she's not funny. She thinks she's so funny. And all her girlfriends think she's so funny. And Nan, you're not funny. <laughs> I had to get that in yeah, there. Yeah, totally. You definitely have to tell her that she's not. So, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's a pretty special lady. You know what's crazy about her is that um, – you know, she's all she has. Uh, she's always sacrificed everything, you know, whether it was with our kids. As soon as we had kids, it wasn't long. She was quitting her job to take take stay at home with the kids. And we've been blessed for her to be able to stay there for the last 21 years to be able to take care of our kids uh, to, you know, stepping into my calling, uh, which is not an easy, easy place to step, you know, as a pastor's wife. Um, a pastor, ha a pastor's wife has a lot of um, expectations and not a lot of um, authority. Reward. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. She doesn't. No, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. She doesn't. She ha everybody expects her to do something, but she doesn't have a lot of authority to do 
you know, some of the things that everybody expects. And she's not paid. Like, it's not like, you know, she has yeah. to has to do anything. But what what was so cool about the calling in our lives was, and it didn't happen instantaneous, uh, when I got my calling, it took a, a year or so for her to get her calling, where God said, you're to step into this role as well, and you're to help help him be his helpmate in doing this. And so she's she's always sacrificed greatly for that. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been kind of crazy. So uh, she is a good woman. I appreciate you saying that, both of you. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, um, <coughs> excuse me. You know, talking about how, like, let's say man up for for instance. Um, I think it's amazing that there's a community of men and women, right? But certainly, there's other women like man out there, right. and, and we should probably acknowledge that as well. But you know, you come away from website or something like man of god's way or you go to a conference could be any conference and you get so charged up mm-hmm. but i want to ask I, and this is a, this is a real question when was the last time besides you sitting with ben mm-hmm. and you preaching at church right teaching right. the word right when's the last time anybody let's say a gas station walked up to you and said hey do you know who jesus is i'll be no. honest with you i can't remember right now i will certainly go down that road but but ben had said there's times like job you just got to stop at, at the praying part mm-hmm. right when I first met you, and, and I think I met you and, and Rob Robertson's one of your buddies' names, Rob Robertson. Yeah, yeah. Rob Robertson. Rob Kirksey too. Yeah. Rob. Kirk- oh, hey, yeah, Rob. Rob, Rob's going to say yeah, hi. Rob, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's another gentleman that had mentioned something about uh, being here today. He said, "Man, I've been through the same thing." I, I forget what his name is, but I, I welcome him as well. But um, I would walk away from these events and go, or even from church, and go, "Man, you know, I know what to say to myself, right?" Mm-hmm. But I wanted to look at this book right here and go, I understand what that says. But how can I say it in a way where this guy over here who doesn't know Christ mm-hmm. and put it in my own words? Right. I'd always come back and go, oh, I really can't say it better than that. I mean, that's literally the best way to say it. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to show people, because I always thought I was an overachiever. I wanted to be a perfectionist, and I just figured out I'm not that guy. But I wanted people to maybe possibly think that, did you come up with what you just said? Right. Well, and there's times I, like, I, I think that, well, that was pretty profound, wasn't it? Because I added a word or something like that. Right. And then it's like, Sean, what are you doing, man? You, you, you can't do better than this. You, no, can't you, write can't. Be- you can't write better than this. Well, it's, it's the old adage, like, if you, do, if you can't think of a sermon to preach, preach the Bible. <laughs> you, you know, go. like, literally, that's what you're, you're called to do. Ben and I have talked about this a ton. I, I think in both of our lives, you know, I'm 53, he's 58. Um, <laughs> <Not like laughs> luckily not. i just said i was 50 <laughs> earlier yeah okay all right yeah. so <laughs> um but we can honestly say that we've never had anybody come into our lives and ask if we knew jesus right i can't like we've talked about this once more than once um other than my family not necessarily talking to me about jesus but going to church you know so that you know they're mm-hmm. just mad because i didn't go to church you know back in the day when i didn't believe in god so it's it's one of those things that um, it takes. Number one, uh, we're called to share the gospel, no matter what, be in in season and out of season. Uh, the gospel is not just telling somebody about Jesus, and when, but it's a hundred percent telling somebody about Jesus. But it's also a hundred percent helping that person do whatever needs to be done. Somebody like in a, a restaurant where we're out of town, we may not have a whole lot of opportunity to help somebody. 
However, somebody in my church or somebody in my community or somebody in my neighborhood or somebody in my sphere of influence is asking for help or a conversation or just an opportunity to talk, work, we need to be there for them, you know, in, in all of those cases. And it's not always about trying to preach to them. Sometimes, sometimes it's just about listening. You know, I've said this a million times, but nobody really cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Until that you actually step up and they see you like, oh my gosh, there's something different about this person. There's something different about their actions. There's something different about their words. Um, and too many Christians, I believe, come at people with condemnation. Oh, you know, oh, that's so, yeah, I can't believe you do that. Or that's such a bad sin. Or I would never do that, you know. And, and that's where I've always taught people uh, through discipleship is that you need to share your testimony because majority of Christians don't know the Bible. So if you're sharing your testimony, even though you're still called, because whether you know the Bible or not, you're still called to share the gospel. And so when you're sharing the gospel, sometimes that starts with your testimony about where, where you were, what you were doing, the stupid stuff you're doing, and then all of a sudden here's Jesus, bam. Now from there, like Ben says, it's all about Jesus. You know, the past is all about you and your screw-ups and what you did and the stupid stuff. And, you know, sometimes we elevate that higher than what Jesus actually did in our lives. And that once we get to that place where salvation occurs by faith, man, sanctification needs to start rolling in. And now you're saying, you know, for years I cussed and I drank and I did this and I did that. And all of a sudden God came into my life and he took that away from me. And he did this and he elevated me here and I elevated him here. He lowered me here. And, you know, that's where you get into a place to where now you're able to share your story with somebody who uh, doesn't necessarily need to hear uh, all the bad things they're doing. You know, they just need to hear sometimes that, man, you were there too. You were really, you know, because – they can relate to you. And I think what's cool about a testimony is when you're sharing your testimony, nobody can go, well, I don't believe that that's man-made or man wrote that or, you know, God's never told me that or I've never heard that from God or I've never seen God, you know, but they can see you in the flesh and how it's changed your life. Right. So I think that's where – go ahead, Ben. Yeah, I mean – uh, from what I've learned as I've gotten as I've gotten older and more mature in Christ, and is uh, it's it's really about what you said earlier. It's about how you live your life, and I don't mean being perfect, but people should think that we're peculiar. You know what I'm saying? And there should be something like if you if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, most of the instances where somebody figures out or believes or agrees that Jesus is the Christ or that he's a, what does Nicodemus call him, a uh, something from God, uh, a teacher come teacher from, from God. Yeah. It's because of the things that he was either saying or that they were watching him do, mm -hmm. right? Like, he confirmed it too, but he told Peter, you got that from my father. That, that's, you know, you got that from heaven. It was really about what he was doing. And, yeah, he did stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? They right. had seen stuff like that. They had, they knew the God of the Old Testament. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But it was really about how he was living his life, the things he was saying. Heck, they even, they even understood that he was 
he was something more than just a man in, in the parables that he was speaking. They didn't understand what he was saying. Right. But they knew that it wasn't that it wasn't uh, that it was a knowledge or wisdom given from heaven. Right. That's good. And so that's what that's what I I'll give you an example. So today I'm talking to an employee that had been uh, I got in a call from an employee that had told me that, hey, listen, uh, this person works remotely. And uh, he called me and he said, hey, listen, I feel uh, separated from the team. And so and so has been really, you know, kind of rude to me. It's but I think I'm doing the best job that I can. I haven't had the, you know, some of the ability to train like them because I've been remote since I went there. We, we've been talking about getting a trip up here for a couple of weeks. And he said, I just want to make sure there's no issue. So that person that he was talking about came in my office today and we were talking about something else. And I can't remember how we got on a conversation. I'm like, hey, uh, how, how's your relationship with so-and-so? And uh, he said, uh, no, I think it's good. And uh, sometime I'm, I'm probably a little hard on him. And I'm like, yeah. And, and uh, he looked at me and he said, you know something? And I said, no. I said, listen, he didn't call me and complain about you or he wasn't mad. He just wanted to make sure that he hadn't done anything to offend you. This, this, this. Now, I know this person knows of God, but I don't suspect he is a follower of Christ. So as I'm as I'm talking to him today, I said, hey, you, you've told me before, like you, you've read the Bible and stuff like that. And he and he said, yeah. And I said, well, let me let me let me give you a, a, a error that a lot that you know I'm a Christian, so let me give you an error sometimes we make. And I wrote on a piece of paper, I said, the Bible says, and I wrote, light in the darkness. And he looked at me, and I said, but the problem is, as Christians, we think it says light in the light. Where I say, and I, so I looked at him, I said, do you understand what I'm saying? And he's like, yeah, I understand what you're saying. It, when it gets hectic and stuff like that, I got to remain light. I said, Yes. And he, he goes, I'm going to fix it now. And he walked out of my office. Most people don't manage that way. Right. I'm not tooting my own horn. It's it's how God's made me. Right. I used to manage with fear and, you know, sarcasm and making people feel stupid when I was younger, this, that and the other. But now it's a different way. And, and you could tell when he left my office that day that the, he that the, that he had been touched in a way that was all God had nothing to do with me. I was just, just sending a message. You know what I'm saying? But that's, that's what good. Jesus would do. Like he would talk and he would say something. They'd all be dumbfounded, but they knew something was different. That's yeah. good. That's really good. That's well, awesome. People are like me, you know, there's, it's every other day that I'll do something dumb or something stupid, something that God says don't do. And the next day or next hour, I'll say, God, when's it my turn not to do this? When's it going to be my turn here Christian men will come at other men. They're so condemning about things like that. But if we really want to understand it, when, when our older brother Paul in Romans tells us that what he doesn't want to do, he keeps doing, it's a sin inside that does that. Mm-hmm. There is, and God, I love you so much, and I, and I hope and pray that, it, that the sin is I never have that. I never have the sin, the one that you say, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, I don't believe in you. There isn't a single sin on this earth that I'm not capable of doing. Oh, Amen. As oh, long yeah. as sin lives in Jody or Ben or me or Joe or, or Rob Kersey out there, whatever that sin is, because we are the same tree, same branch tree, that sin, I'm very capable of doing that. Right. Yeah. And I don't judge. I, there's nothing anybody can say to me that I would judge them for. I don't care if you had said that 
you have raped a girl before. If you have repented from that and you said, I understand why Jesus died and, and what he did for me because what I did, I'm not saying okay, I'm not saying I like that flesh part, but I love you as a brother though. Yeah, yeah right. for sure. Amen. And there's just so much judgment that and we our eyeballs, these things come out of our skull just want to look at someone and go, you know what, I am better than you because I didn't commit that sin. So here's here's a man. This like this week, uh, Nan and I were at the uh, the venue today, just cleaning up and doing some final taking down the decorations. Because like I said, this was a working barn that we actually took over and turned into a uh, wedding venue. a wedding venue. And so we're we're back there cleaning it up, and it took us I would say two weeks from you know between me and the the, the farm owner a, a wonderful man by the name of Stephen joy i thank you them for so much that they allowed us to use that but between them and us it took us two weeks to clean this barn out to move their equipment to get the horses stable you know just out, the horses stables cleaned out and everything like it w- it took us two weeks to do this and uh it took us less than three hours to dismantle it Everything that we did that took two weeks, it took three hours to dismantle. And I was telling Nan, I was like, it's amazing that construction can take days, weeks, months, and years, but deconstruction deconstruction can start, take seconds. And I was like, man, there's a sermon somewhere in there. And in talking about this, what it, it I think of is that, yes, we are capable of any sin that's out there. However, if we... If we do the construction, if we build ourselves up, if we pour into the word of God, if we're we're reading our Bibles, if we're praying, if we're fellowshipping with other believers, if we're doing that on a consistent and continual basis, we're always constructing, we're we're building the foundation that we need to be living on. It won't. It's easier not to allow that sin into your life to make that mistake. Right. Does that make sense? Like, but one sin can destroy all of that in a second. Yeah. And then you've got to start all over. Like if somebody said, I want to have a wedding this weekend and I need you to fix that barn, I'd be like, whatever. It's kind of like the same thing when sin hits us really hard as Christians um, and it takes us out. We get to a place to where it's like, I, I don't know what to do. I, I'm just going to stay in it. I'm just going to live in it. And that's what we call, you know, the proverbial backsliding. Um, the next thing you know, you're not walking with Christ. So we have to be very careful as Christians not to allow. Uh, yes, we can we can easily walk into any sin. However, if we are building the foundation and if we are putting on the armor of God, if we're doing all the things that he gives us the power to do. I'm telling you what, it is a, a 10 times better and easier to maintain a Christian life. I've always said you'll never be sinless, but you can sin less as a Christian. And that's that's where we need to, to get to. The sins that I used to have in my old life are not near like where I'm at now. Like I don't, I'm not saying I, I don't sin. I'm saying I don't sin like that, right. like I used to. Um, now I, now I'm, I'm working to that place to where I don't sin as much in the little things that I do now. You know, I, I don't, I want to finish well, you know, I think God has given me the power to be able to do that through the Holy spirit, through his word, through the fellowship of brothers. Uh, and we all have that ability to, um, not saying we can't, I mean, we have the, we have the ability to sin too. 
But the closer you get to Christ, the closer you maintain that fellowship, the, 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 the closer you maintain fellowship with other brothers and sisters in, in the Christian faith, it's a lot, lot easier to walk away from those sins. Yeah, and it's also uh, what, makes it, what makes it easier in my, in my view is you, when, the closer you are with God, the more you struggle. Yes. Like you'll do something even like I know there's no small sins, but you know what I mean mm-hmm. in, in the flesh thing. We, we classify things. So right. you'll do something small. And you'll be, you'll just be in anguish for like three days. I'm such an idiot. What a moron! Like, Lord, please forgive me. And you're praying to him like you're praying for forgiveness your first time. Yeah, like being saved. Like he, he's, he's, he's. I'm done. I'm going to hell. You know, you're just in anguish over over some stupid little sin. You know, and I think, I think as as what we don't talk about as enough is there's a. there's a verse in Hebrews that talks about intentional sin and how there is no sacrifice for it right. anymore. I think what men need to start focusing on is intentional sin. Mm-hmm. And you start there. Right. Start with like intentional sin in your life where you know it's wrong and you're like, I got to do it. That's or that's, I'm, it's it's too strong. I've got to focus on that first, and then you will graduate. Because listen, you sin a thousand times every day, and you don't even know you did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So that that's but the, but God is focused on intentional sin. So imagine this. Imagine if you and this is one of the things I've been praying for the last almost month, month and a half. God, show me what breaks your heart. Yeah. Like if I understood how sin breaks his heart it would make me do it less. Right. Like, please teach me that. Please t- teach me the anguish and the brokenness and the humbleness that comes along with seeing my own sin. Because what happens in that is that if I can see my own sin first, I can help another brother or sister out of their sin without condemnation. Yes. You know, if I can do that without condemnation, I have won a brother and sister. Um, but the moment that we start throwing out the do's and the don'ts and the no's and the, you know, I can't believes and the sin, like, I'm not saying don't talk about sin. I'm saying there are ways to do that. Uh, matter of fact, I think Ben and I were just talking about this the other day. Um, we're called to be fishers of men. Like, we're not hunters. You know, we're not walking out with a double-gauge sh- shotgun and blowing them, you know, shooting them and then dragging them into the church. No, we're supposed to, to, to literally lure them in. We're fishers of men. We we, we, we show them the, the fruit of the Spirit in ourselves, you know, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. When they can see that in our lives, I mean, they are drawn to that. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be out there fishing for them. And if we get to a place to where we see what breaks God God's heart, if we get to a place to where we see that um, my repentance uh, pleases God, Imagine if we get to that place, you know, you say, oh, my gosh, that that pleases God that I'm repenting and that he can see me. And and you see this a perfect example is David. I mean, that dude, he did some stuff <laughs> like he did. You, you talk about rape earlier. I mean, he he had adultery. Then from adultery to he tried to cover up with murder or lying and then murder, then lying again. And up to a point where he was finally anguished so much that in the end, God said, he's a man after my own heart. Like, 
that, that blows me away. And we all have that opportunity. And so if we can get to a place where we allow God to show us what, what, what breaks his heart in our lives, man, I tell you, that would be the, that'd be a good church. Yeah. And just, just because I quoted a verse without like actually quoting it, the verses I'm talking about is in Hebrews 10 verse 26 through about 28. It says, for if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the spirit of grace? So we have to be careful there. And so intentional sin, he, 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 he clearly classifies it there. So mm -hmm. he wouldn't have called it intentional sin if there weren't different types of sin right. in his eyes, meaning intentional right. or unintentional, yeah. right? So those we can easily, maybe not easily, but we can work on ourselves mm -hmm. to get that out of our lives. Totally. Right? Yeah. And so start there right. and then watch, you know, it's almost like a diet. Cut the cut the sugar first, right? right? The sugar is the worst, or the carbs. Cut that first, right. and then work it out. Yep. You know, and you'll find yourself giving up other things. I told Jody one time that there's nothing in our lives that that shows how sin works more than food mm. and our mm -hmm. addiction to food. Mm -hmm. you, you're eating good. I went to the conference with Anthony. There was no good food there. I'm, I haven't gained any weight but I'm struggling getting yeah. back to where I, the, the diet stuff. that I was on yeah. because now they're, you know, in the middle of the day, I'll be craving a carb. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because I, for about five days, I ate bad, you know, and yeah. so it's the same way sin works. Give into it. Next thing you know, you're on a two week heater, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, totally. You know yeah, what I'm exactly. saying? Yes. You know what I'm saying? I, I, someone said one time, I don't know who it was. Sin's the only thing in our lives that the more you do it, the less you know you're doing it. Oh, Everything totally. else, you the more you ride a bike, the more you know how to ride a bike, you're riding a bike, you're aware, you start doing tricks, you know how good you are on a bike, right? Second nature. With yeah. sin, the more you do it, the less you even realize you're doing it, and that's the danger. Yeah, it's it dangerous is. You don't hate it anymore. You think yeah, that's just, right? You know. Yeah, yeah. You don't. You know. Yeah. You know. Think about it is that you, we talk about um, every conference I've been to, it's always like, man, we have to start doing this. When is that word start going to come out of our relate, our, our vocabulary? Right. And and you'd mentioned something earlier, how you're, you're putting together some great things here at Man Up. Get a, look, get a little closer to your mic. Oh. There you go. Hello there. There you go. <laughs> um, and so talking about coaching men and just short couple of minute videos just saying, you know, so someone says, what's intentional sin? Well, I'll, t I'll tell you what intentional sin is. Mm -hmm. I know I'm not supposed to go out drinking because I know where drinking leads this body. Right. Okay? That's intentional sin for me. Right. Um, it's not a matter of just whether you go to AA or if you go to meetings like that. It's your it's your mind and your heart going, how much do I love God in this situation right mm -hmm. now that I want to go and do this sin? Right. Well, before Christ was on earth, God would talk to people. He would see people. We don't see God. We don't see mm -hmm. his face every day. You see a picture of him on the wall. That's, come on. Get away from it. That uh, imagine, imagine in your sin though, if there are immediate consequences. Right. So that's that's for me. It's like 
if there if 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 the sin occurs, it's like, oh, I didn't get caught. I didn't get in yeah. trouble. And that's where you're that two week bender that you're talking about. Like it's like the next thing you know, you're two weeks in. It's like holy crap, and yeah. I didn't get caught. But eventually, you're going to get caught. No matter. I mean, you're already caught. I mean, God, God's busted you. You just got to realize that he's busted you. And that's if sin, if sin had immediate consequences, man, there would be a lot of perfect people in the world. You know, there'd be a lot <laughs> less people in the world. <laughs> well, there'd be, be like the Old Testament people getting swallowed <laughs> yeah. up. Sometimes I read the Bible, especially when I'm reading the Old Testament. I'm like, thank God for Jesus. Yeah. But because, you know, I think men, what we do was one of the things we do wrong is we, we, we like pick sins listen to know right and not do it is sin yeah okay so if i'm in the kitchen and i look at a couple of dishes that i could put in the dishwasher for my wife and i look at it and say ah she'll get it now i knew the right thing to do was to do that but i didn't do it that's That's sin sin. okay so we we need (laughs) you we always joke with jody speeding is a sin you know the speed limit you know what's right, it's not and you in the choose Bible. not to do it. it I'm just not saying. In the Bible. Well, yeah. No, but the definition of sin is, and it's to hey. know right and do wrong. So we're all, well, without Jesus, we're all hosed. Amen. I mean, you're you're dead. You're a dead man walking. Yes, you're exactly right. But but out of our love for God, it starts there. Yes. If 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 you love God, and you know how much God loves you, you ought to be able to to be getting better every day. You're never like Jody's always says, you're never going to be sin free, but you can sin a lot less. Yes. And, and we should be out of our love for God. Yes. Speeding's not in the Bible. No, speeding's not in the Bible. Well, remember, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, you know how, how you know that? Because remember, John was running. He, he said, I'm the fastest. I got yeah. there before anybody else. He didn't get a ticket or anything, did he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, um, that's my only sin speeding so. yeah 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 oh brother <laughs> yeah not even close I, I i'm totally joking there so don't anybody blast me on facebook right. i was just i was just joking all the facebook warriors yeah exactly you said you were sin free here comes the uh, false go- teacher the google theologians Ugh. the facebook prophets yeah exactly so but um so we met and uh we had dinner um you know, over the years, I've I've had multiple conversations with you. You know, just um, everything you've been a blessing on my family's life multiple times. Um, you know, we we've talked um, countless times, and I think what's so cool about you, Sean, is that um, literally you'll call and you'll say, "Man, I screwed up. I screwed up. I I sinned. I drank. I did something stupid. Whatever it was, I met you." You have always been the one that has called and confessed and said, man, I just can, all I need is prayer. Like, can you pray? I know I did something stupid, um, and I appreciate that. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate so. you saying that because th- there's so many people in this world that if you know drinking is, I'm, and <clears throat> now I'm not going to sit here and say drinking is not a sin for everyone. I just know what it leads to. So to me, drinking is a sin. Right. Um. People will try to justify by saying, well, Jesus turned water to wine. Hey, you know what? Drop that off on me somewhere else because that's not for me to hear that. I know where my body goes when I drink. I know all the other sins that come with that. And so there's been times where you you said, hey, you know what? Get back on that horse, man. Just in in different words, but just get back on the horse. And the thing about the best thing about God is when when he says, you know, the east from the west, 
Well, those two don't touch. Right. It's so far away. They and I think it's great that God gives us the curiosity to want to know what he knows, but God doesn't give us what he knows. And I'm glad I don't know. Right. Because then I'd probably want to, I probably, I could have been Lucifer as easy as anybody else mm -hmm. out there. But he says, I forget that, Sean. And I don't understand that because right. I can't forget you can't, it. Yeah, you don't forget. I don't forget it. Yeah. Now, there's times when, like, I, I, like I forgot the last time I drank, but it's like, that's awesome because God took that, that out of my mind. Mm -hmm. But as Ben was saying, it just takes that one time. And then for three or four days, you're like, oh. And then all of a sudden, you'll wake up or, and there's that joy, that mm -hmm. joy that's in you, like, oh, he didn't forget about me. Right. And if, and if people haven't heard that, or if they haven't felt that joy, Man, I really, God, I hope you give someone out there that has that because, man, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I've screwed that joy up for for weeks before going, yeah. oh, man. Yeah, we, we think God forgives us like like we forgive, right? Yeah. So God says forgive, yeah. forgive, very important word, as, meaning in the same way, I have forgiven you. Mm -hmm. So when somebody says, I'll forgive, but I'll never forget, that is not the forgiveness of God. God says, I forget from the east to the west. Yeah. So if you forgive and don't forget, it's like this is what you've done. You've taken an axe, you've chopped it into a, 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 a log, but you've left the handle so you can go pick it up at any time. But forgiveness from God is this. I'm not going to talk about it to myself anymore. I'm not going to talk about it to you anymore. And I'm not going to talk about it to anybody else anymore. That's the forgiveness of God. Yeah, yeah. And we've got people running all around going, well, I forgive, but I don't forget. Well, then you didn't forgive then like didn't God. Forgive. Now, I, I, I've never had a problem with forgiveness because I've never had anybody to forgive for anything real. I've never had anything bad happen in my life. If you want to talk about maybe some, some fights that me and my wife have had in the past, but, uh, but I, for, I, I forgive her. I love her and this, that, and the other. I've never had, but I, and I understand it's sometimes things that have happened to you. It's hard to forgive like that, but that is the goal. And if you don't know it's the goal and you don't identify that that is the goal, that type of forgiveness, then you'll never work towards it mm -hmm. because you'll always think you're fine forgiving and not forgetting. Right. Right. Exactly. So can I, I'm on a, I'm gonna hijack this for a moment. Um, I don't know why, but the Holy Spirit's telling me to tell my story uh, about forgiveness. And yeah. um, since we're br since we're bringing it up, I don't know why I've I've only told this to my church. And so, um, I was molested when I was nine years old. Yeah. And um, at the age from nine till I was thirty five years old, I had a dream of killing this guy, like literally a dream of killing him. Uh, for what he did to me. My parents did all, they did all the right things that they could to a, a child who had been molested. And uh, it was a baseball coach. He was a youth leader, um, you know, in another church that I didn't go to, but he was, you know, just, he was kind of an outstanding guy in the community. And for years, I just literally, and I, I have a point to you, never, you know, like, how do you forgive somebody like that? Um, you'd, you don't, number one, God, God helps you with that. So I'll get into that. But for years, I literally just, I just kept thinking, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. I joined the military at um, 19 years old. I think, no, I was actually 20. And uh, I became an mar uh, expert marksman. Shoot 300 yards out, 30 for 30, 
not even think twice about it, no scope. Uh, I became, I was asked to go to sniper school. Uh, I ended up not going because I didn't want to join for another four years, but uh, I was good. I mean, I was a great shot. And uh, that moment I had in my mind, I thought, I know how to kill him now. He was in prison. I knew exactly where he was. Um, I kept getting reports on, you know, any paroles and anything that would come up. And so uh, actually I got those through my stepdad. And so I thought, man, there's my way. I know, I know how I'm going to get him. I'll just catch him stepping out of the, the prison gates and I'll get him from 300 yards out. I'll drop my weapon and I'll just leave. And I won't even think twice about it. And so goes on and I've got this anger and this hatred in me. And I, I have this for years and I'm talking, it wasn't, I'm probably, I'm not exaggerating when I say it was at least every other day that I thought about it. Yeah. Like just even for a split millisecond, I was thinking about it. Just, you know, I just, I kept thinking, you know, how like, you know, golfers see their shot, you know, they just dream about this shot and they just dream and dream and dream about this shot or baseball players, you know, how many home runs are going to hit. Like I was just dreaming about this one shot where I would be. I had no clue what the prison doors look like or the surrounding area or anything, but I just knew that it was going to be like this. And I just kept dreaming about it. Years go on. Um, 2003, I give my life to the Lord and man, God just rocked my world. Um, by then I had two kids and God was just really doing a major work in my life. And so I, uh, I, I start, God just starts taking these things from my life. You know, he took drinking, he took cussing, he took, you know, lust, he took all of these things out of my life. But I, I was, I was stuffing this anger in, in, in my, uh, in my gut just daily, you know, just, I just get kept getting angry and I was just pushing it down as far as I could. And I'd been discipling this guy for about, gosh, four or five years. And it was just, he was a, he was a alcoholic and he just, every time he would get drunk, I would have to deal with him. And it was just a battle. And I hired him for my company and he screwed me at my company. Like it was just, and I just kept giving him, you know, God said, he's, he's yours. I need you to, to do what you can with him. Well, I, the, the last straw was, I get a call from the local police station and he's down at one of the restaurants and he's standing on the tables drunk as all get out. And he's yelling that I'm his pastor. You know, somebody called Jody. He's my pastor. Like, you know, and the, then it's just drunk. And so the police call me and they said, we're taking him to, to jail if you don't come get him. So I go down and get him. And um, to make a long story longer, uh, we go off to, a, to a, I, no, no, I said that. And he was supposed to have an interview that I had actually set up an interview for him that afternoon. Here he is just plastered. So I was like, let's run to the gas station. I'm going to grab you something to eat. You know, this is the closest place around. And I was stuffing with chips and, you know, everything I could to just kind of sober him up a little bit. Well, while I was buying his um, food, I was like in the, you know, just a little convenience store. He was over around the corner and he had taken a pint of vodka and just went, put the top back on it and set it down. So we go to a local park and man, he just starts getting belligerent. And the more we're sitting there, the more belligerent he gets. And I was just like, finally, I, I matter of fact, I, w I was so worried about it. I, I said, hold on, I got to go get my phone out of my car. So I went and opened up the trunk. I got my tire iron out because I think I'm getting ready to clock this dude in the head. Uh, and, you know, I was going to lay hands on him in Jesus name is what I was going to do, <laughs> honestly. So, 
we I finally just got tired. I said, dude, I'm taking you home. I don't care if you get this job. I don't care if you go to the interview. I'm just going to take you home. And so um, I, I'm in the car, and all of a sudden, uh, we're, we're driving down the road, and he headbutts me in the side of the face, just bam, right, like right here. And I had a black 300, and it had 22s on it. And it looked like a pimp mobile. It was all blacked out. Literally, the windows were black and everything. And we were in a four-way stop, rush hour traffic, right in the middle of our community. And I slammed on the brakes. Um, the next thing I remember, I am picking him up off the ground in the middle of this four-way stop. And I'm like, we're looking for his teeth. Like, I blacked out. I didn't black out like I just blacked out on what I did to him. Like, I beat him to a pulp. And I'm an assistant pastor at a church, you know, and I'm just, I'm free. I'm rush hour traffic. Everybody saw me. You know, it was probably on videotape, all this kind of stuff. And I got him in the car. I took him home. Like, he, he was so drunk, he didn't even know that I'd beat him up um, after he called me later on. He's like, what the crap happened to me, you know? And so I go to the church. I literally went to the church that day, and I, get, I went to the altar, and I was like, God, really? what, what is wrong with me? Like, why, what, what was that? I literally, I quit drinking. I quit cussing. I'm loving my wife as Christ loved the church. I'm raising godly children. I'm assistant pastor of this church. And he's like, you've never forgiven him. And I was like, what? And I was like, that, that no. It, and all this anger I've been stuffing was for one man. Mm -hmm. literally my whole life this anger I, I wasn't mad at anybody else i had anger for one man and one man only and he that dude probably hadn't thought of me one day of his life though even in prison he's still in prison at this time like he got a lot of years because it wasn't just me it was two or three other boys and we just happened to find out matter of fact i would i had i was staying all night with one of these other guys and and he was just and he was going downhill really quick as a young kid like he was just going nowhere good and he blurted it out that some dude had you know touched him and i was like who who and i realized that there was more of us that like that yeah. so that day i'm at the altar i'm like god what he's like you got to forgive him and i kid you not man i'm bawling i'm crying on the altar and i just said i forgive him i i don't want I don't want this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And um, the weight of the world came off of me. Like, I'm just talking the weight of the world came off of me. And it, it changed my demeanor almost instantly. And I realized, okay, I, I'm forgiving. And the cool thing about it is I've forgotten. Like, you know, I, I, I've always obviously have the memory, but I don't have the anger. I don't have the hatred. I don't have the... I don't have the desire. Like, I think if even if I saw him today, I, it wouldn't be like, I'm going to kill you. I'd be like, I think you need to know Jesus. Like, more than anything, I kid you not, two months later, I get a call. He's getting out of jail. After I'd asked for forgiveness, or I, or I had forgiven him, and God had forgiven me. And, um, you know, and that's that's just the way that God works. God gives you the power to be able to do it. You cannot forgive anybody in your own power. It just it just yeah. doesn't work that way. And forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for you. Yeah. You know, unforgiveness is like drinking acid and hoping the other person dies. That's what it yeah. does. It just eats you alive. It just eats you to a place to where you do something stupid and you beat somebody up. I'm a freaking pastor. I'm a 
a Christian and I beat this guy up. I mean, we've reconciled since then. Uh, um, you know, I, I, I see him every now and then. He's still on the sauce, you know, but yeah. uh, it, it's one of those things. And you can't say, Ben, I think you're right. I think it's, it's one of those things you have to forgive and forget. Yeah. You can't keep holding back on it. And, you know, and sometimes my wife brought this up to me one time. In some certain c- circumstances, you know, that there there may be this moment where you say, God, I forgive them. And a couple weeks later, like, oh, I forgive a little bit more. And, you know, it's almost like peeling that onion back till you finally get to the core where there is final, final and full forgiveness. Mine was, mine was instantaneous. Um, and, again, it was all God. So – a lot of people, when they read the Bible, they even if they even if they read each verse, mm-hmm. each sentence, one of the mistakes we can do when we read the Bible is not understand or read each word. Right? How did he say it? The word "as" as an adverb, which is what he's using it as. There is this used in comparisons to refer to the extent or degree of something. So when he says forgive as, he's saying in the same way. Mm -hmm. Amen. To the degree that I forgave you, you forgive others. Now, it's not instantaneous. Right. It's not. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know that's the goal, then you will never build towards that goal. You will always think you're fine where you're at. Understand, no matter how long it takes you, the goal is to forgive as he has forgiven you. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the goal. Amen. Right? That's correct. If you don't know what the target is, you're not going to shoot for the target. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Imagine saying the Lord's Prayer and saying, Lord, forgive us, you know, our trespasses as we forgive others. Yeah. You know, think about if he really does forgive you like you forgive others. I mean, you're, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. Uh, because we should be forgiving to where to the point where we're forgetting the trespass. Yeah, and 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 he, he you know, God speaks like that where you have to really pay attention. Was I was just talking to Jody the other day about humility. Mm-hmm. Not going to get into the whole conversation, but when I read the verses in Luke nine where they're they're talking about who's the greatest, and Jesus <laughs> says Jesus says he understood the reasoning in their hearts. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say he heard them talking about a conversation about who's the greatest. Humility is a position of the heart. heart yeah. It starts in the heart. Mm-hmm. That anger was building up in your heart. And the Bible oh, says totally. it doesn't matter what goes into a man. It only matters what Comes came out. out. It, mm-hmm. it mattered what came out of your heart it that did. day. You beat that dude to a pulp. Yep. I love that story. <laughs> Not because you beat the dude to a pulp, but because of, of where God led you as right. far as forgiveness right. and freedom in that. But, you know, you're going to stuff and you're going to stuff, but God wants what's deep down in your heart that you won't give him. The smoking, the cussing, that's all surface stuff, right? right? Yeah, Yeah, it was. But he wants that stuff that's in your heart that only he knows about. Yeah. It was just, you know, for me, um, as a Christian, the outward things were easy to get rid of. You know, that cussing, that drinking, that smoking, the lust, the pornography, like those things came, well, let me rephrase that. The pornography, the lust wasn't so hard. It wasn't so easy. Um, all of those outward things were easy because those were habitual. Mm-hmm. You know, smoking a cigarette to me was just kind of 
man, I like the feel. I like, you know, the, the huh? nicotine wasn't that big of a deal. But, you know, after I ate, man, a cigarette felt good. And it was just like that was habitual. Drinking, uh, I didn't know how to act socially unless I was drinking. Like, I, I didn't know how to sit around and have a conversation unless I was plastered. And I didn't know how to stop at one. Like, I literally would, you know, polish off as, you know, whatever was there. That anger, though, was something that I didn't know how to get rid of. I didn't know how to, you yeah. know, just the years and the years that I'd just been, man, I had, I had a great plan. Like, I thought, this is, this Dude, is killer. And what's funny is it wasn't. You'd have been the first. There'd have been, like, however many kids he did that to, you'd have been the four or five number one suspects. Yeah, you like, exactly. They'd have looked at his charge. Okay, he molested kids. It's been 20 years. That kid's an adult. We're going after them. It wasn't a good plan. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's a good point. I never that's thought how of it much that anger skewed your your. Uh, and you know what's funny? Right. What you say about the socializing is you're one of the best people in a social environment I know. Well, Everybody I loves you. You 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 talk. You tell funny stories. For you to ever have been there thinking, well, I I, I can't be social without well, a drink. That that was all a lie from yeah, the it devil. It was a lie. You're yeah. exactly right. Yeah. But that's what that's what sin does. It yeah. lies to you. Right. You know, it, it tells you things that you can do that you're that you think you can't and it also tells you you know things that you can't do that you should think you could so i mean it's one of those it's it's just a slippery slope and i want to thank god uh personally for using me to free you of thinking that you had a great plan yeah okay, thank you thank lord you. for the words <laughs> because he thought he was a genius and i'm thinking to myself i've watched dateline enough to know you're going to jail oh my those, gosh that's hilarious yeah those so. you know obviously um I say obviously, it's not obvious to everybody, but, you know, Jesus being just everything that puts blood through your fingers and your hands and your eyes, um, the forgiveness he has that we'll, we'll really truly never understand that. Because I, I think about sometimes when you get to heaven and that first hug from Christ, I don't, I understand he's pure, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. I can't understand how that pure, two pure people like that hugging, me being sinless, when you're talking about the humbleness is that there's there's quite a few people like i i want to meet elijah i mean i don't i want to know what it's like to want to chariot to this guy i want to mm. know that okay but i want to meet someone else that i think is so humble and that's our older brother stephen because the man got stoned to death by rocks mm-hmm. and he didn't get up and ask for help to fight mm-hmm. he just looked at god and said forgive them father if they don't yeah. know what they're doing I want to meet that man, and I want Jesus to introduce me to that man. And all three of us go, man, what's up with y'all? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just think that if, if you – and if anybody out there has not ever heard, it's the end, at the end of Acts. I don't know the exact verse, but he's getting stoned to death, mm-hmm. not with pebbles, but these rocks that – rocks that could have had the blood of Christ still on them just getting chucked at his head like bricks. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long it took for him to die. Yeah. But I don't think – I don't think God let it go on as long as those men probably want it to go along. Yeah, that's not that's not an easy. Well, death. you remember that's not an easy death. I, I want to say oh, something ahead, real ahead. quick. Yeah. Just um, I kind of threw that story out about my molestation and stuff like that really quick. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. it wasn't planned. That was a Holy Spirit mo- moment. But I want to tell anybody out there that's listening: if this has happened to you, there are people who will listen. It wasn't your fault. Um, you're not to blame. Make sure that you seek help. 
uh, whether you talk to the authorities, talk to uh, your parents, talk to uh, another person. Um, you, you, I've told this story a few times, and you wouldn't believe how many people will come to me and say, this happened to me too. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, thank you for sharing your story. Um, again, it's, it, it's God's story. It's not my story. Cause, um, I would have, I would have gone to jail. I meant, you know, thinking I had a great plan. <laughs> they'll, they'll knock on my door five minutes later. Um, I had two kids and I was married for almost 15 years at that time. Um, I could have ruined everything yeah. because I, I think I still would have gone through it if it hadn't have been for me meeting Christ, uh, to begin with. So, yeah. Yeah. If your Good. brothers are out there, man, just reach out to someone. Yeah. Heck, you got three guys right here. They'll talk to you. Amen. Yeah. So Sean, real quick, just cause we kind of skipped over it. Why don't you kind of tell us your testimony? Tell everybody, you know, maybe your mm -hmm. five, 10 minute version of, of how you came to Christ. You bet. Um, I never, so when I was really young, um, my parents, my dad married a, a Catholic lady and they would, she would go to Catholic church and my grandparents sent me to a Presbyterian church. I was five, um, walked to church every, every Sunday, uh, with my sister. I have never ever in my life believed that I crawled out of a pond. Yeah. I just never believed that I, through my whole life, I'm just glad the Holy Spirit stuck with me for as long as he did. I've always believed that I was created by God. I've always believed in Jesus. I just didn't always know what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. It's like if you ask someone, do you believe in Christ, and you want to you disciple them, you better get further into it because even Jewish people believe in Christ. They just don't believe what he did. Yeah. Okay. And so I grew up um, through one, two, three, four marriages of my dad. And so finally, when I was 15 years old, I think it was 14 and a half, 15 years old, um, I'd had enough. Um, my, my stepmother was making me, I, I had a job at like I don't know, McDonald's or whatever it was when I was young. I was paying rent at 14 and a half years old to my, my own parents. I had had enough of it. So I moved to my, my original mom in California. I'm not going to make this real long, but I moved to California. Um, she was gone all the time. She dealt cards. She was a gambler. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to move into the front of mine. It was kind of good, kind of bad. His mom was a very loving woman. Um, but then I grew up and then I think it was, I was 17 years old. I said, I'm done with school. I was a straight, a straight AB student. I was done with school. I just didn't want to go anymore. I was skipping school left and right. So I took a, uh, a test, a GED test because I wanted to go to the military. So I went yeah. to the army. The Army was very, very easy for me because after basic training, uh, my first duty station was Hawaii. Like, that didn't suck at all. Like, I'd never... I, I had Fort Raleigh, Kansas. You had uh, Hawaii? Yeah, I got Hawaii. I had Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> but I get there, and, and I was with this cohort unit, and I get there, and I was with the second group. People went in, and the first sergeant looked at me and said, you know what? And he used a word that was, I won't say in here because there's some young men on here, but um, he said, you just look really hard, really hard. So I was, uh, I, I started work for the CEO and all that stuff. And I went to all these great schools, went to scuba, rip, ranger school. And it just, it was so amazing, but I had it made for me. And I started, people just looked at me as if I was the, oh, what do you call it? The, um, teacher's pet. That's exactly it. Let's yep. just put it that way. And I got mad and I started getting rebellious. And then anyway, I didn't want to do another four years in the military. So I got out. And it just didn't go well for me after that. Uh, I just started, I, I drank, I stayed in Hawaii. I was homeless for a year. 
but I always had food, I always had a drink, and I always had women. I don't know what it was. I wore the same clothes every day for a year, I think. And I was like, how do I always have this here? Well, I had a great suntan, you know, just... And then I finally, I did something illegal and I got some money and I flew back to the States and, you know, I don't know why God didn't get me at that point in time, but then I just didn't stop that from 20 to 47, 50 years old. He went, you know what? I'm going to allow you to drink, but you know what? Both my young boys right now, they're 18 and 15. Don't drink. They've never picked up a drink. And I had a young man tell me the other day, there's a, there's a curse that has to be broken in the family with your drinking. Amen. He says, that's why it's so hard on you. Because my kids absolutely hate it when I would come home drunk. Yeah. And, I don't, I don't, and I never beat them. I wasn't that guy. But it ruined, it ruined I, had, I was married before, it ruined my first marriage. But I always, and it wasn't for me getting up and want, needing a, a drink. It was the social aspect for me that as soon as the, the Cardinals were on, the Chiefs were on, or Nebraska football's on, I associated with sports with a bunch of dudes yeah, and a beer and a couple shots and cigarettes and pro- maybe cocaine at one point in time and acid, just all that stuff, all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, but I know now that man, all that stuff, I had a lot of fun doing it, right? but it wasn't the type of fun that I have now where if I could like right now, it's mm. so easy. St. Louis, there's so many places you can drink and have a great time in St. Louis, but I'd rather be here right now. Amen. 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago. Nah, I might have, matter of fact, three, three or four years ago, I might have called you, if you'd invited me, I might have called you and said, hey, Jody, you know what? I got a flat tire on my truck. I can't make it. Right. I wouldn't have a flat tire. I lied to you because I wanted to go to a bar and go drinking. Right. That's just who I was. Yeah. That's, who, that's who still lives in me. It's just that God says, hey, man, you can't well, lie to these guys. Man. And that's one thing that we don't teach, you know, in the church is that sin is fun for a season. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, most most sin is fun. You know, it, that's that's the... The danger with sin is it entices you slowly. It doesn't like all of a sudden just wreck your life. It just comes in and creeps. Um, I've always told my kids about drinking is that the likelihood of you ever becoming the guy underneath the bridge are slim to none if you never take a drink. But if you take that first drink, you never know what can happen from there. Yeah. It, we we as humans, we don't know it. So I'm not saying this is a conscious thought. And even though we're, we 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 kind of do it for this underlying reason. I know it's not reality, but really when you're sinning and you're choosing to do it, you're, you're asserting your power over God. Yeah. The devil That's told good. the devil in the garden, the snake told them you, you won't die, right? You right. will be like God uh, yeah. knowing what he knows, you know, knowing right from wrong. So w- literally when you're sinning, that's almost like we're saying, I, I got power over God. I can I can do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I get that's my good. choice. I, yeah. I get to do what I want, you know, this, that, or the other. And that's a scary place. Yeah. And it all leads to death. It does. Right? Yeah. It, it might not lead to physical death now, but it's going to lead to the death that you don't want. Well, I mean, think about even as a Christian, um, if you get into that sin for a season, it does lead to spiritual death. Like, yeah. you, you're, you're not... You're not done, but man, it's it's a it's a slow death. I mean, it's it's just literally that slow fade that you it takes you just further than you wanted to go, longer keeps you longer than you want to stay, costs you more than you wanted to pay, kind of mentality. Yeah. And um, that's why we have to. That's why we have to hate sin. That's why we have to hate our own sin, especially. And and if we can get back to that place where God is 
showing us what breaks his heart, we will sin less. So I didn't mean to stop you there. You're fine. Keep going. Yeah, and you know, <clears throat> and I'll tell you, and this is the God's honest truth. Um, I have sat in bars and had longer conversations with guys that were doing shots with me, and I would we would talk we talk about God. Yeah, and we we would talk about scripture, and I'd say. You know, but this right here, this drinking right here, gosh, it's just a downfall. And then I'd, then I could, then I'd probably reach out to Romans seven and use the crutch that, you know, our, our Paul says about, you know, what I do, I don't want to do, what I, it's the sin that does inside me. But I've had so many conversations with men, not so much women about it, but there are so many Christian men that have a problem with addictions. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to my local Applebee's or Chili's where everybody could see me. I was going to Joe's Pub or out of town. I was great out of town because no one knew me. Right. But I'd sit down and I had people. I could have a, con- or a, um, a cocktail and a conversation with you all, and we could, we could talk scripture back and forth and hug each other. you know. But if someone else was not a Christian and listened to that conversation, it was more detrimental to them because they would have thought, well, let's see. These guys know all this scripture or quoting the scripture, but they're over there getting drunk. That must be okay to do that. Yeah, right. And I and I and I think about a lot. You know, when when Jesus says, "Hey, a dog returns to its vomit," mm-hmm. I don't want to return to my vomit. Right. Um, and I just hope that God, when I see Him face to face, He forgets all the people that I may have hindered on the road to him. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that maybe a Ben or a Jody or, or anybody out there picked up where yeah. I messed up and said, that's not the right way to do things. That's, a, that's what I always say about, um, you know, lukewarm revelations. Um, three, I just went brain dead. Everybody knows the verse. Yeah, just say it. I just went brain dead. So because you're a lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, mm-hmm. I will spit you out of yeah. my mouth. Uh, Revelations three sixteen. Sorry. Um, what what I always there's there's a couple schools of thought, but the thought that I always like to use is that you know lukewarm uh, Christians are the people that majority of everyone sees, and so your neighbor, if you're a lukewarm, they see you and they say, "Man, the only difference between them and me is they go to church every Sunday." Um, and if they could see the people that were on fire, the people that were hot and cold um, or hot, you know, then they could see them. They could see past the lukewarm people. They would realize that Christianity is different than just that lukewarm person. The things that we do will hinder somebody from becoming or getting to know Christ. Now, um, we've got to make sure that we live a life that is righteous. We speak the words of righteousness um, that we uh show love that we're loving in all things even even in anger you know we've got to learn to have a righteous anger you know we should be mad about sin we should be mad about abortion we should be mad about um uh, what satan's doing to the family like we should be mad about those things but we should do it without showing um a hatred or an anger or making god look less than who he is um and that's that's where you know when we we talk uh, uh, about living a, a disciplined life is that you're going to, some of these things that are in your life, s- the sin that's in your life, they're, they're going to have to be, you're going to have to put disciplines in your life. So you don't do those until you can get the heart to, to be 
kind of beat in the same mode as the discipline. Like for me, uh, with pornography, I had to put uh, porn blockers on all of my devices, and I was still working with the lust. I had to put up barriers first. Okay, let me figure out what the barriers are. Um, and then let God start working on my heart. You know, with drinking, when I first quit drinking uh, and I started traveling for Man Up, doing conferences all across the nation, what, and, and if I wasn't traveling with my wife or with somebody else, but when I did, I made sure that I didn't go to a hotel bar. I made sure that I didn't go, you know, I get into an elevator by myself. Um, or without women. Or, or without, or, yeah, if yeah, it was guys. If it was guys, yeah, it, yeah. Most, yeah. I didn't get into a, a, an elevator with a woman. Uh, majority of the time, I would order food in. Uh, I would call ahead to the hotels and make sure that they turned Skinamax off and HBO and all of that kind of stuff because there was my, you know, lead into pornography or to lust and stuff like that. So, Sometimes while you're working on the heart, the heart sometimes lags a little behind the disciplines. And so what you have to do is get into the spiritual disciplines of making sure that you don't do those things while you're working on the heart and while God's working on the heart as well. Right. So that's it's not always easy to do. So I can see how, you know, uh, even having a having a drink. No, it's not a sin to have a drink. It is a sin to get drunk. It is also a sin to cause another brother to stumble. And um, we've got to be real careful with that. That could be a whole lot of things, you know, yeah. not just drinking. I have to so. park. I usually stay in um, smaller towns now. I mm -hmm. stay in Chesterfield this time. But I look at where my hotel's at and look what's around me. If there's a restaurant or bar, I have to look for something else. Like I, I like to stay in smaller towns that don't have restaurants or really bars. It might be like a McDonald's and like a I don't know, Dollar General. Right. Because first of all, I don't want to get a DWI. Right. And then I know they don't have Uber or taxi. It's pretty safe. I may not eat the best. I'm eating fast food, but I'm not sitting in my parking lot. There is not a, a Hooters or a right. just something like that. Right, exactly. But it hadn't yeah. always worked for me. But right. I mean, just telling you, it, it it works now for me. Well, you've always been honest every time that you've failed in that. You know, because that was that's been, that's been your Achilles heel yeah. is uh, is the drinking, and yeah. that that usually leads you even <sighs> more crap. You know, yeah. uh, in your life, and so I appreciate what you've done and how you've. You know, most people would just give up, uh, but you continue to strive forward and move forward. And I've always said two steps forward, one step back is still forward progress. And you you keep doing that. Matter of fact, I just had a guy the other day reach out to me on Facebook and he said, man, I, I went I went three hundred and like ten days clean mm -hmm. then hadn't had a drink. And man, I fell off the wagon. I was like, today's a new day. That's right. You know, you start fresh. Today's day one. Um you, you've got, you know, forgiveness on your side. You've got sobriety now on your side. Okay, you had a, a bad day. You didn't take a whole week and do it. You just had a bad day, and now you got to step back on, on the horse and, and get to it. And uh, we're all going to fail in some form or fashion like that when we when we do that kind of stuff. So I appreciate your honesty. Yeah, I don't have the, the exact verse, but in Hebrew, I think it might be Hebrews 7, there's the word today. And it's really what he's talking about is the people that have fallen away. They still have a chance to come back. But I use that word today. It's like today's the day he's, he's, he's repairing my body. So whenever you get people get drunk or do drugs or things like that, your body repairs itself. Like you're mm -hmm. not drunk the rest of your life after one night. Right. It, you get sober. And so I just thank him for that. It's like, oh, my gosh, I'm gonna, when am I going to be sober? I'll be sober in like 12 hours. Oh. But people, yeah. there's so many men out there that just struggle 
with addictions and it doesn't matter it could be addicted to lying it could be addiction to being accepted but if you just don't if you talk to people about it man just say hey you know this is what i'm struggling with just let someone hear it from you right it's a lot of weight off your shoulder that's good yeah, if I ever if I if I ever preached a, if if someone said Ben you get to preach one sermon my sermon would be called root cause analysis and what I would preach on is the heart above all else guard your heart above all else that means first before anything above all else guard your heart because out of it what your heart come the issues of life or some verses say uh come the wellspring wellspring means the source right where it all starts so you said something earlier that first made me think of when you were talking about the conferences and you know we're starting today we we've got to touch men's hearts amen we've got to get to the heart there's a hundred different ways to do that but we've got to start touching the hearts of men as God is also touching their hearts. But God uses men or women to, in other people's lives. And when you have an issue that you're struggling controlling, you need to ask God what it is. In, in Jody's heart was anger, yeah. right? And that made him do something one day that could have, what if he'd have killed that guy? What if he'd have been a pastor of a church like this now and it would have been the the day of social media and somebody would have video you'd be done dude yeah, yeah. your family Forever. wouldn't have any sus uh, mm -hmm. you know sustainment none of that stuff other than you know obviously we would all come around you yeah. my point is you have to get to the heart of the issue right that is the problem the problem is our hearts it's not Jody's heart. It's if I'm talking about you guys, it's not your heart. That's my problem. It's my heart. It's not his heart. That's my problem. It's my heart. It's not my wife's heart. That's the problem. As it pertains to me, the root cause of all my issues in life is my heart. Right. That's good. Right. Yeah. Now what that I'm sorry, no, what right. that is in your heart that makes us do the things that they we do. I don't know that. Right. I struggle with I struggle with things, too. I never drank because my wife or my mom talked bad about drinking every day of my life to the day to the degree it was nauseating. But guess what? Those lessons stuck mm -hmm. because I never was a big drinker. Right. Right. I liked the mm -hmm. weed, the ecstasy, the cocaine, the party drugs, but I never got into drinking. Right. I got drunk a few times. I'm not saying I never drank, but not to the degree that I could. I didn't really want to do it. The only time I drank is when I didn't have drugs right. to do. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, it's our heart is the issue. You know, I don't think that's people, that's great, actually. Yeah. Um, think about this. If, if every time you had to introduce some, yourself to somebody, but you had to introduce them to you, to that person as your, your biggest sin, let's say, you'd be, I think you'd be pretty ashamed, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if I meet someone, and I've been at plenty of conferences where and even men, they just walk by, lift their head up, say, hey, what's up, like this. I'm not saying you have to walk up to everybody and say, hey, by the way, my name's Sean. I'm a murderer. I'm a this. I'm this and this. Because right. they're probably going to be like, yeah, I'm done with this guy. But how many times do we not talk to people that just, just anybody, uh, whether it's even at your own church? I don't even some of the people in my, my own church that just walk by and they're like, hey, these are guys. Mm -hmm. Like, and I know that you're suffering from something. I know you're hurting from something. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think people are just ashamed to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, express to other men 
this is what I'm struggling with. Right. I don't have that problem, which I know people, some people don't like me for it, but I just like, <laughs> here's the, if I meet you and I say, Ben, what you're doing? He goes, you know what, man? I got this son that's on weed. Hey, Ben, let me tell you something. I went through that for a long time. I've had conversations, and then they're like, well, how did you know that? I said, man, I don't, it's hard, man, because yeah. I'll tell you what, I love the smell of that stuff, this, this, and this. But if you don't open up to other men, like, think about being just one disciple sitting around as those 12, 13 mm -hmm. men were camping out throughout Jerusalem, you know, with Jesus and them, how those conversations went. Right. I mean, those are conversations we should have with men saying, what are you struggling with? Yeah. If they say nothing, well, okay. I hope that works out for you because I'll yeah. tell you what, I got plenty for us, you know. Well, you guys have heard me say this a million times. You know, men have five major problems, sex, wives, money, kids, and work. The overarching uh, sin of all those is pride. Yeah. And so because of our pride, we're not talking about sex. We're not talking about our wives. We're not talking about our kids. We're not talking about work. We're not talking about money. Like those are major issues in a man's life. Now there's some offshoots of all that, you know, um, work. It could be, you know, doing stuff illegally. You know, it could be uh, just it living in an ungodly environment. It could be, you know, there's a million different things. Money. It could be the lack thereof or spending it on the wrong things or not being a good steward of it or not having enough. Like all of those things cause sex. It could be lust. It could be pornography. It could be fornication or adultery. It could be, um, you know, your wife doesn't want to have it. Like there's a million different things there. But the problem is our pride that keeps us from talking about those things. And the, and the Bible tells us if we confess those things to one another, like it can do a lot of uh, healing in the process. And we're just too prideful to talk about it. Luke 8, 17. We used to use this on the teenagers all the time. Luke 8, 17. Use it for, on them. No like that. for nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. And so my, my wife with, with my stepchildren, they're, they're 18 and 15. They're 16 now, almost 17. She would catch them doing things, not nothing terrible, but just little. And I would look at her like, I don't understand how you knew that. <laughs> like it was this mother intuition. And so she would always say, whatever doesn't, whatever's done in darkness will come to light. Whatever's done in darkness. And she, we, we would tell them that. <laughs> They'd get caught, and I'd laugh at them from across the room. I'd be like, whatever's done in darkness is going to come to light. I don't know why you do. My point is we yeah. get to choose how, we want it, how it's going to come into the light. Right. True. Yeah. You're either going to confess it, it's you're going to get caught mm -hmm. doing it and embarrassed, yeah. or you're going to get judged for it. Oh, totally. In yeah. the end, right? Yeah, exactly. So the important part is, as you just said it, you'll get judged for it. If you're going to ask someone in, about what they're struggling with, or you know what they're struggling with, I think you need to make sure your heart is mm -hmm. good enough to accept it where it won't offend you. Right. If someone says, I'm a murderer, and they tell me that, that doesn't offend me. Right. I, you did something to God, not to me. Mm -hmm. You have to understand yourself that you, it's not even forget. It's just it's, it's non-judgmentalism is what right. it is. That I don't care what you've done. I literally right. don't care what you've done. As long as you understand what you did, there was a price being paid for that. Right. That you didn't have to suffer for. Yep. You know, I've, I've never been asked to walk down a, a road and be beaten and, and have stuff thrown at me and then hung and nailed to a cross. I never have. Right. If you ask me how my day's going, I'm going to tell you that because my day's pretty fantastic 
for my older brother Jesus. Yeah. That happened to him. Amen. Yeah, God loved yeah. us for who we were, not who we ought right. to be. Right, exactly. Now he expects he expects us to be more. Mm-hmm. So right. that's not what I'm saying. But God loved us knowing who we were. Yeah. Who we were gonna be before we were born because of what happened in the garden. Yeah. He, now we ought ought to want to be who we ought to be because of the love that he showed us. Yeah. Right? We ought to want to become who we ought to be. Right. And the Bible tells us who we ought mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. of that 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 love that he showed us in the beginning. Right. God yeah. chose to, to forgive you and me way before we confessed it. For, yeah, you're exactly yeah. right. Right? Yeah. The other day I posted something on Facebook that said the standard that we should live by is is the standard of Jesus. That's yeah. it. Like, yes. And that's that's the problem is that we don't Again, it, it, it's, you know, if you're truly saved, and I say this all the time, if you're truly saved, you should look different than the rest of the world. Matter of fact, you should look different than most of those who claim to be Christians if you're truly saved. Sanctification is a process that will happen in your life that will, that will bring you to humbleness. It will bring you to righteousness. It will bring you to holiness. It will bring you to sinlessness, not sinlessness, but sinless. Um, and it will bring you to these places to where you look different than the rest of the world. So you can utilize what God has given you. Uh, so you will start looking more and more like Jesus. If the church looked like Jesus, people would be flocking to the church. Yeah. We don't look like Jesus. You know, the, 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 the church does not look like Jesus. Um, ben and I were talking about this last week that, you know, we judge people, you know, whether they're lost or whether they're Christians, we judge them. Um, it's, it's more of a works action style, um, uh, ministry, you know, for the church, you know, what, what kind of works are you doing instead of the faith that you have? Uh, we need to be teaching our kids, you know, the faith that we have number one in Jesus, the standard that we have is in Jesus. And the, the gospel is about Jesus. It's, it's that simple and it's that hard. That's the problem is, it's that hard. You know, the flesh gets in the way, um, the worries of the world get in the way, sin gets in the way. Uh, but we always have to, we always have to re, uh, auto correct. You know, uh, anytime I'm typing on my phone, my, my phone auto corrects all the time. Cause I can't spell number one and thank God I have auto correct, but I wish I had auto correct in my life when <laughs> I do, you know what I'm saying? Like when I sin, it's like, come back here. Okay. We're going to start back here. We're going to auto correct and we're going to put you back in this position. That's what we need to have is this auto correction in our life that brings us, you know, I may, the closest I've ever to God was the day that I gave my life to the Lord. And then it slowly just, yeah, it's a slow, you know what I'm saying? It just slowly walks away to where I've got the religion. I've got the knowledge. I've got the Bible memory. I've got this, but I'm still not. And I got to get back to that place to where I'm the closest to Jesus. You know, that was the purest I should say when I gave my life to the Lord, man, all of a sudden things were, all that was gone away. And I was, I was still dealing with it, but there was a moment, maybe minutes, maybe hours, maybe, maybe a day or so that I, I felt like, man, I was right in the arms of Jesus. 20 years later, you know, I'm still trying to get back to that place. Like, you know, the worries of the world that, you know, just all of that, uh, not saying I'm not close to Jesus. I'm just saying there's that, that moment where I was just, I want to autocorrect my standard in all that I do has to be and look like Jesus. Yeah, that's where we have to be. 
So maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe a little encouragement for anyone out there is you know how close you want to be is if you literally just think about Christ's trip to the cross. Mm. Think how how hard, I mean, people should just, just close your eyes sometimes. Take five minutes and th- just close your eyes and think about how hard that trip was. You know, I can watch on Sunday NFL and watch a running back make a play, go 60 yards, busting through people, but I can't. Maybe we just don't understand sometimes the the gravity of Christ crawling through rocks and then and then with your hands being crucified but yet we think because we don't see that today happen that I go well you know what well I, I got mad at my buddy over here and I punched him in the face but that's not really the same as Jesus it literally is the same thing mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is that is your road that is what the sin that you have a problem with that he's making that trip for. Amen. So when you say you got to recognize your sin, I mean, that's it. I mean, just because it's not being, you're not being hung on the cross. He did that for you. Yeah. So we deserve sometimes, sometimes when we're evangelizing too, I think we make the mistake of starting at the cross. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, um, we, 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 we really need to start in the, in Genesis one. Yeah. You got to start with God and make sure yeah. that they understand God because the real story of Jesus doesn't yeah. start the, when he was born, Jesus said, no one takes my life from me. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to pick it up again. Amen. He, ch- so if you look across the, the, the galaxies, God created everything. He creates humans to do nothing but to live in a garden, tend the garden, tend the animals, walk around naked, even decided to give you a woman, and then we messed it up. And his plan for salvation, already knowing that, is he's going to step down from heaven off his throne where he's sin-free, totally righteous, totally clean, and then go through all that stuff you talked about. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And come get us. Yeah. Right? That's why I love the story of the prodigal son. It's my favorite. Yeah, I mean. And you're right. People should really start in the Old Testament. And and because people don't, if you tell someone, well, Jesus did this for you, they're like, for what reason? Like, I'm not doing anything wrong. Right. You have to tell people, you have to really show people what sin is and what God used to make them do right. to sacrifices. Yeah. And finally, man, I'm done with these people. Yeah. What's, sac- what's the sacrifice for me? This is yeah. nothing. I'm going to show you what's up. Amen. What Ray Comfort. That's who you and I were trying yeah, to think of. Yeah, that's it. Ray Comfort. I love that dude. I used this to. This was a total yeah, sidebar yeah, yeah. conversation. That boy gets on the street, man. It's well, like, he'll make you feel like. Ben and I were talking about, like, you know, how how to share the gospel and sometimes you had to do that and neither one of us could think of his name and i i found it the other day so. i used to think that that when i was younger in my christianity i was real fire and brimstone still am to a degree but um i i told jody i said i used to think that dude i'm like that dude's such a dork like that's not how you it's exactly how you do it yeah, exactly it's exactly how you do it bro yeah. 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 him and kirk cameron get together and they're like Bouncing it back off each other. Nope. Yeah. You said, 
Did you lie today? Nope. Oh, he's reasoning lie. with people. Yeah, he is. Exactly. He's meeting them where they're at. He's asking them questions, and they're literally telling him where to meet them. You know, earlier when Jody said something about that we're fishers, like you guys know, I'm not a big fisherman, but I, I fished when I was a kid because my dad was a big fisherman. I remember if it was hot outside, my dad would use a deep diving lure because the fish stayed low because of the heat on top of the water vice versa if it was cold outside they stayed up so they could get some sun he, if he was p fishing for bass it was different lures than if he was fishing for crappie or catfish or whatever it was that's how we have to evangelize paul said to the roman i was a roman to the greek i was a greek to the whatever i was the whatever he understood who he was dealing with we don't take that time we just come right in do you know jesus yeah. yeah dude i don't even believe in god let alone jesus right yeah what are you talking about man yeah and that's usually when most people especially those who claim to be christians fail because they don't even know how to describe god they don't yes. know they don't know how to talk about genesis they don't know how to talk about you know the truths of the bible they don't know how to talk about um, you know, the context of the Bible and, uh, we've got to do a better job in discipling. And that's, to be honest, that's what man up is all about is yeah. to get men, especially we believe that men, if they're trained well, they're discipled well, they're, they're properly introduced to the gospel in a way that they can understand it and then teach them how to read their Bible, learn how to pray, learn how to, to have a repentant lifestyle. That's going to flow into their family, their, their wife specifically, into their kids, uh, allow them to get their household in order, and then give them the ability to serve in church. And once this, that starts happening, all the rest of it's going to trickle down. And then to teach them to do the same. Okay, now you take a man. You disciple him. You teach him all of these things. And uh, um, we we all need to be doing a better job of that. And, uh, Sean, I love your story. I love I love what you've been doing uh, with your life and um, what you've been doing, you know, just growing in the Word of God. You text me all the time, man, what does this mean? Or, man, I had this uh, this uh, uh, meeting the other day, and I didn't it didn't go well, and I should have said this. What else should I, could I have said? And that's really what learning, you know, to be, to be teachable is is all about um i appreciate you for doing that yeah, too yeah. I, I also think it's very important that um if someone asks you something about the bible first of all knowing the scripture is the most important is mo mm -hmm. most accurate question or answer mm -hmm. but the second most important is the words i don't know i don't know yeah just don't don't selfishly get your way through it and i you know i i have this script there where it says is jesus your king i went to my son's basketball tournament and one person there was probably five thousand people there one person just said yes. Mm -hmm. So what's that mean to you? Oh, he's the man. That was right. it. Like that's that's your explanation to what this shirt says to you. Right. And it's not like it's hidden. It's you know, mm -hmm. that's the best you got. And that's what I said earlier. When was the last time anybody came to us, any of us, and even people listened and said, "Hey, do you believe in God?" Amen. Just randomly. Maybe I'll yeah, it's never. Maybe I, I'll maybe I'll run across you someday. I've exactly. said this before. I'm 50 years old. It's never happened. Now I've had I've had a boss, a judge, and a boss and a judge, and and then my my friend's dad that used to just look at me and say, "Boy, you don't change your ways. You're going to hell." <laughs> that's what he used that's to say way. to me. He was a pre, he was a pastor too, but he he served like 15, 20 years in prison, and the only reason he didn't serve life is because the gun didn't go off. But anyway, so he beat the guy with it or something. Oh, but anyway, man. we and then I I had I was at a I was at a child support uh, 
I, I spent the weekend in jail for ch- back child support, and I, I paid it on Monday, but I spent the weekend in jail, and when I went to the judge on Monday, um, he called me up. I was chained to killers in an orange suit, <laughs> spent all weekend yeah. in St. Charles <laughs> County Jail, and I was handcuffed, and we walked in, you know, sh- doing the shimmy, killers. and I, he, he called me up to the stand, and he handed me a little Gideon Bible, and he said, Mr. Neely, turn around. And I turned around and looked at all the other guys. He goes, you're not like them. Don't come back here. And I never did. Yeah. And then there was one time I was working, and I was partying all the time. This is when I was in my 20s after I got out of the Air Force. And I'd show up late, and I'd call in. And the, my, my boss was a Christian. His name was, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but he knows who he is. We've talked since then. And he ended up having to get rid of me. But I, but I remember him calling me into his office one time. We were talking about work, and I broke down because I, he, he was very, very, he was a very righteous man. And he was only, he was probably just a little older than me at the time. And he looked at me, and he said, Ben, you know there's great comfort in Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, I left that office that day and kept partying. But and ended up losing that job. But my point is there were people that planted seeds. Right. But as far as on the street, somebody coming up like the Mormons do or the Jehovah Witnesses do and saying, hey, do you know Jesus? That's never happened to me in my I'm life. I'm talking about pumping gas. Someone yeah. I'll look yeah. at you straight in the eyeballs and go. Speaking of that, yeah. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah. Speaking of that, I got a letter from I got a letter the other day from a, a Jehovah's Witness, and they're just sending out random letters. And yeah. so I set it to the side. It was Friday right before my daughter's wedding. And so... I set it to a side, and I'm going to write them back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. going to share the gospel. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm literally going to write them back. Sent, they let, they've got their address on there and oh, everything. that's good I'm, stuff, Yeah, dude. I'm excited about it. So <laughs> yeah. I put it to the side, and I thought, if she's got the guts to write me hey. uh, in a false gospel or a false teaching, I'm going to share the, the good news and yeah, yeah, send yeah. it back to her. So, well, guys, man, it has been two hours. Awesome. Uh, that, that flew was, by. That was quick, wasn't it? That By was the way, good. I've got two uncles that are uh, were Jehovah's Witnesses that now believe in Christ. So Amen. It can happen. Praise God. Yeah, yes. I, I'm, I, I was praying for that day. I think, oh, man, I'm going to plant this seed yeah. big time. So I'm hoping hoping awesome. she gets it. Well, Sean, it was a blessing, blessing to have you here. It was a great conversation. Awesome. Uh, man, I think we were all over the map. We covered most of the Bible uh, and mo- most <laughs> of the sins that. and everything else. So it was a good, good conversation. And, uh, we thank you guys for joining us today. We uh, we welcome you every Monday night at 8 o'clock. Mon- Man Up Monday, uh, the podcast will launch first thing uh, in the morning. You can download it and subscribe to any podcast platform, and so you can listen to it on your drive into work and out of work, and um, we appreciate your support. You guys got anything else to say? No, thanks, and God bless. Sean, All it was rest. a great surprise tonight. I'm glad to be able to see you. God yeah. doesn't make mistakes, man. He, That's right. He put me here today for a reason. Amen. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We will see you guys next Monday. God bless. You've been listening to the Man Up God's Way podcast. Visit us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and our website at manupgodsway.org.